society as it was has changed and people have gone, I know this is a really long-winded way of explaining things, I'm terrible for doing that, but where we've kind of gone, hang on a minute, actually we can get back to having fun, we can get back to imagining, we we can get back to being a kid. And I, and I think, you know, one of the things I've noticed with the, uh, the place that I work, you do have to have an imagination because of the products that we sell and such. So, you know... I kind of gonna. I know I go off tangent. But I just tend to talk or whatever. But um, I'm doing a little bit of those people that are listening or watching. You know, have some fun. Just, just, just have fun because it's it's quite magical what happens when you realise that being an adult isn't always about paying bills and going to work. There is so much more out there to do. I hope that makes sense. This episode of the Smart Athlete Podcast is brought to you by Solpre. If you're active at all, whether you're running or simply out walking for the day, you've probably experienced one of the number one problems that active people have, and that's chafing. Solpre's all-new, all-natural anti-chafe balm solves that problem while feeding your skin the vital nutrients it needs to be healthy. If you'd like to stop chafing once and for all and treat your body right, Go to Solpri.com to check out the anti-chafe bomb today. That's S-O-L-P-R-I.com. Welcome to the Smart Athlete Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Funk. My guest today is a man after my own heart. He's an entrepreneur, health and wellness coach, a triathlete, and a mental health advocate. Welcome to the show, Connick McFarlane Hunt. Hey, Jesse. Thanks for having me. How are you doing today? You well? Doing pretty well. Thanks for hanging out with me with your sweet r2d2 thermos or mug i'm not quite sure what it is if you're if you're on the audio only version you're missing out on the the youtube video version to see connick's uh nice star wars paraphernalia yeah it's pretty cool in fact i've got two of these i love it so much uh i've had it since not last christmas christmas before mm-hmm. uh it's got a little bit damaged i was sticking post-it notes to it at work to um i forget things with my adhd so i stick post-it notes to it and I was pretty upset that I've damaged it. So I've got a backup one. Uh, but I'm, I'm quite a Star Wars fan. You can see, where is he up there? I've got the yeah, Darth there in the background. It. Yeah, it's a Darth Vader bank. I've had it since I was a kid. When you put a, a quarter in it or what have you, um, it does the Imperial March and the I yeah. am your father. So quite the Star Wars freak, must admit. <laughs> so is the other mug still mint in the box or, or has it been used? I've used it, I've christened it, I've used it slightly, but I've just, because I like Star Wars so much, I'm known for buying two of everything, but I've just kind of gone, okay, I'm going to use it once and I'm going to keep it, so I'm going to keep it separate. Um, I used to, um, go a long time ago, what we going, maybe 15 years ago, I used to be part of the 501st Legion, which are the stormtroopers that, that go yeah. around and do events. And uh, yeah, I used to, um, when I have time off uh, and would go and get memorabilia, I'd just buy two of everything because it just, I, I liked it in that perfect state. If it's anything else, I'm fine. But if it's Star Wars, yeah, I've, I've got to buy two. I'm, I'm <laughs> better now. The older I've got, I'm better. But uh, I am known for doing it. So this is not clearly, we're, we're going way off topic just to start, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> it's my show. I can do what I want. Sorry to the listener. Um, so for the 501st, because I've, I've not actually talked to any of the guys or and gals that are in the 501st, but yeah. it seems like um, kits are pretty much identical. Are, are, do you buy kits? Do you make the kits? Like, I was like, I've made um, like cosplay items before, weaponry and stuff uh, for people, but you know, I've never personally constructed an entire suit. So they, they all look 
relatively uniform. How, how does that work? So you usually get uh, a couple of sculptors um, who have pretty much watched the films back to back, know exact measurements and what have you. They tend to make a mould mm -hmm. um, and they pull a PVC kit from it. You buy it from that source okay. and then you build your own model. So you tend, like, you tend to find that there's maybe f five or six of them. It's probably changed a little bit now. There's probably more people that make it. Mm -hmm. So they all seem quite uniformed. Um, and you just get loads of different ones, you know, uh, Darth Vader, Stormtrooper, Boba Fett, uh, Republic Commandos. There's loads and loads of different ones. And it's quite, um, it's really cool, actually, because it's quite a, um, a rigorous thing to get in. It's got to look like the film because, like, you know, for kids, even for adults, you know, you're portraying that character that they've grown up loving. Um, so yeah, it's quite rigorous to get into it, but it, it, it's so much fun. I'm really honest, it's so much fun. And it's a, it's a bit of a band of brothers for anybody that's been in the military. And I know it's a completely different thing, and I get that having served in the military, but it's kind of the same sort of thing. It's like, the, um, I can never say the word camaraderie of it. Apologize for the word, but dyslexia just sometimes goes out of control, but it, it, it's that. That's why people do it. It's to see the smile on the kids' faces, but it's also... For you to be a part of something and i think that's you know like anything else it could be like triathlon or um i know another sport that you do you want to feel a part of something you want to feel connected you want to feel like you've got other people around you that understand the thing that you love if that makes sense but it's, it's definitely worth getting into i know the 501st is still there it's massive and it's grown and yeah for anybody that is like a massive star wars fan thinking what is this that conic's talking about seriously check it out on google because it's just it allows you to feel like a kid again I, I loved doing it i just i just don't have the time to do it anymore i've i've kind of got old now <laughs> you know the thing i've noticed is it it seems like you know i i'm actually not sure exactly how old you are i think we're probably not too far apart but i know like when i was growing up it seemed like adults were supposed to be like stiffy st stiff boring like they just go to work, come home, and they, like lack that sense of play. And it's like kids can play and that's okay. But like once you're an adult, you gotta like put that away and you can't play anymore and you can only be serious. It's like I feel like over the last 10, maybe 20 years, I you know, I'm not sure exactly what timeline that it's it's gotten to be more okay for the general populace to to play, you know, to be okay with like we're just going to have like some fun, have a laugh, like not, not have to be so stiff and serious. Like it's okay if we want to, you know, dress up as stormtroopers and go to like events and, you know, have a good time. It's no longer so much like, like who the heck are those guys? Like, what are they doing? You know, that kind of other mentality, at least that's my perception. <clears throat> um, I think things have changed slightly and i think we're probably around the same sort of age do you remember i think it was a disney film do you remember the film hook with robin williams in it so you know robin williams oh i don't want to say anything in case anybody's not seen it um so i'm not going to spoil it but there's a scene in there where i have to think about this because somebody told me what happened in the mandalorian the other day and i was gutted because like i didn't want to know the ending he was like oh yeah it went such and such i was like ah oh. so i try really hard now not to spoil anything for anyone Okay, but, but Hook is Hook is like from the early '90s. Like, if you haven't watched it at this point, it's it's probably okay. I think I think the like statute of limitations is probably up on the the spoiler the spoiler warning. 
right, well, I'm okay there then. <laughs> but I'll still try not to anyway. But there's this scene um, where Ron Williams is sitting down. Uh, he's talking to the Lost Boys. And I remember earlier on in the film, they, they're like, oh, we're going to eat. We're going to bring this feast out. And he's like, great, you know, I'm starving. And they bring all these empty bowls out. And he's like, what is this? Where's the food? And they're like, we've got to use your imagination. No, 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 I want real food. And there's a scene later on where they do this again. And he's having uh, a bit of a disagreement with one of the Lost Boys. And I remember him, him scooping this imaginary, whatever it was supposed to be, ice cream. And he throws it at this kid. And at that point, this food appears. And it's kind of like saying, that, you know, us as adults, and I think he does mention this in the film, we've kind of forgotten how to play. You know, we get to a point where, you know, you go through the system of school and it's you've got to go to school, you've got to learn you got to learn to get a good job. If you don't learn at school and get a good job, then you, you, you can't have a good life and you can't provide for your family and you can't do this. And I, and I think, you know, growing up, when I was a kid at school, there was kind of a point where that changed, where you were make-believe, throwing make-believe ice cream at each other to, oh, actually, I've got to, like you say, get, get serious. I think, it, I think it just changed somewhere at school. But I think now, probably especially with, you know, dare I say it, COVID happening or whatever. I think people are starting to realise that actually it doesn't have to be like that. The world, you know, I don't want to get into a whole COVID conversation, but the world is changing due to COVID. It's inevitable and it's happening. And I think people are trying to find each other, trying to connect back to communities. I know you're in the US, I'm in the UK, <clears throat> excuse me. So we've got, um, we had something called um, Clap for the NHS. So the NHS, our National Health Service, people would go out on a Thursday night and and they would clap you know for, for all the doctors and nurses that have basically put their their life on the line to you know make sure that we're okay and what was really interesting <clears throat> excuse me was seeing people talk to each other again and have fun on the doorstep that neighbours became neighbours again and such and I think we're getting to that point now where society as it was has changed and people have gone I know this is a really long-winded way of explaining things I'm terrible for doing that but where we've kind of gone hang on a minute actually we can get back to having fun we can get back to imagining we we can get back to being a kid and I, I think you know one of the things I've noticed with the uh, the place that I work you do have to have an imagination because of the products that we sell and such so you know I kind of gonna. I know I go off tangent. I just tend to talk or whatever. But um, I'm doing a little bit of those people that are listening or watching. You know, have some fun. Just, just, just have fun because it's it's quite magical what happens when you realise that being an adult isn't always about paying bills and going to work. There is so much more out there to do. I hope that makes sense. No, I mean I think it makes perfect sense, and you know it it kind of ties into a conversation I was having with. Um, kind of an entrepreneur friend couple of mine, this, this couple um, that run this business that I met at a uh, e-commerce conference. And I, I was kind of over the holidays trying to take some time off and feeling a bit burned out from everything and just feeling like I'm not doing enough. And, you know, there's this, this like constant pressure of you know, these messages for entrepreneurs, if you're, if you hang around in the entrepreneurial world, it's like, got to hustle all the time, got to work, 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 every, you know, you got to outwork everybody else, got to put in more hours. And it's like, okay, well, I, I always, I almost feel like 
and maybe I'm simply deluded. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll put that, put out that at the, maybe I'm deluded and I'm wrong in this, but it seems like that message makes sense for the person who needs the motivation to get started and to continue through the tough times. But if you're already a person who has the ability to get up, to take action, to do all of those things, then it becomes like undue pressure. Okay. It's not the right message. So I was talking to them and, and it largely it was just like, you need to find some time to take time off to do whatever. And so like, I've gotten back into um, playing games again. Um, you know, I, I just play on my PC. I played uh, Sekiro for, I think I put 80 hours into that game. And then I was like, well, I beat it. I'm done. I played through it. I had nothing else to play. So I'm, I, I picked up the Witcher three and I'm playing through that now. Um, and that's kind of my downtime where I'm like, I'm going to work a set number of hours a week. I'm not going to work more than that. I'm going to have time to play, to write music, to like enjoy myself. And then I found even just this week, it's like, okay, it's easier to get to my tasks, get them done. Both because I have a time limit where it's like, Hey, I'm only going to work so many hours a day. I'm not going to just drag into the evening, but then also like having that time, the rest both in not working and in doing something enjoyable, then like you're more refreshed and ready to actually work instead of just grinding all the time and getting nothing done. I think there's a balance here and having lived this slightly. So, um, you know, I, I was with my wife for 10 years, married for six. And, you know, during this period, probably, uh, maybe the last six years uh, of us being together, I would work, work, work. The risk of sounding like Rihanna, work, work, work all the time. Because I had this, you know, conception of, of what I needed to do. And I wanted to provide for my family. I wanted my kids to have the best life that they could. I wanted her to have the best life she could. I wanted selfishly to have the best life that I could. Um, and I thought, you know, only to give that to them, I had to work and learn everything and do everything. And I would spend, you know, hours sitting at my computer trying to get something done and really not getting anything done because of the amount of pressure that I was putting on myself. And, and because I did that all the time, I didn't spend any time with the kids. I didn't spend much time with my wife. I was you know, not a, a great person to be around because I was so stressed all the time because of, of what you see. It's like, um, it's like the fashion industry, for, for example. You know, the fashion industry, you see men and women that walk on the runway a certain way. You don't see anybody else outside of that. They look a certain way, which I think what, what is great is, um, you know, things like this Girl Can campaign that you know, we have in, in the UK, don't know when you have uh, that in the States, and it's showing that ordinary people, you know, can, can, can do this because you get institutionalizing things and it's like, um, and I'll put my words carefully here because I'm all for this. Why can't a curvy woman go and walk the catwalk? You know, why can't, why can't she do that? Why do you have to look like this? Why do you have to be an entrepreneur that works 70 hours a week and wear a suit and, and uh, you know, arrive in a, a Bentley or whatever kind of cars that, that they drive? Why do you have to do that? Why can't you go to uh, work in, you know, chinos and uh, a linen shirt or whatever. Why do you have to wear a tie? Why does it have to be like that? And I don't think it, I don't think it should, 
I don't think it should be institutionalized like that. I think, and I, and I think people are starting to break outside the mold. I know, you know, Zuckerberg and um, Jobs do this for, for a reason. The reason that they wear their clothes is for a certain reason, but it's like Steve Jobs, you see him, you know, rest his soul, but you see him uh, launch the iPad and what have you. He's got sneakers, jeans and a t-shirt on. He's a CEO of the company. He's a very successful man, but you don't see him you know, dress with a suit and this, that, and the other. You just need a few people, I think, to break outside the mould and show you that there is another way. But it, it feels a little bit, um, a little bit Matrix-like. I think we've just got into this, this pattern of this is how the world works. This is the pattern. This is what I should do. And I think the first people that kind of pioneer where they do something different, people look at them a little bit odd and it's a little bit like, why are you doing that? And then actually start to see there's a better way. And if there's something that I could get across to people, that is have a have a balance you know don't work all of the time you've got to you've got to play some of the time because you're doing all of this work to have a better life at the end of the day it's like you know if you're doing triathlon training i do a certain amount of hours to do triathlon training and it can get mundane i can get to the point of going really don't want to go on this bike ride i really want to do, really don't want to do that but i get to have fun i get to turn up at the race and see everybody lined up at the start line and the finish line and get the medal that's the fun aspect of it so again you've you've got to kind of balance it it can't be one or the other it's got to be a mixture of both at the end of the day you know thinking about um working and not working in a balance i i try to and i'm not a coach by by any means but i mean this conversation comes up sometimes with loved ones or friends or strangers even um because they know that you know i have a couple of businesses and this is what i do for a living you know i don't do anything else that, that's sometimes the conversation is you do that for a living yeah um it, it i say figure out your ideal lifestyle and work backwards now i i didn't come up with this you know i'm not trying to suggest that i did by any stretch of the imagination i you know i I uh, was inspired by Tim Ferriss and the four hour work week. I, I mentioned this before and it's not so much about working four hours a week because you're going to get bored. It's about figuring out what do you really want your life to look like? And then working backwards and saying, okay, so I want this thing or I want this experience. How do I get it? Maybe it's money, maybe it's time, maybe it's a relationship, but you have to figure out where you're going before you can get there. And the thing that I think trips people up is that say you and I have the exact same desired outcome. We both want, I don't know, we, I, I can't think of a good, I'm trying to think of an outlandish example. We both want five wives and 20 dogs and we want to win the world championship for the Ironman. Um, to be clear, I'm not advocating for multiple wives. I'm just trying to think of something ridiculous. Um, so we, we have this goal. We have these exact same goal. But how we get there is not probably going to be the same at all. And I think that's where people get tripped up. Because they want to say, okay, Connick, so I like your lifestyle. What did you do? I'm just going to do that. It's like, well, but you're not conic. You don't have conic skills. You don't have his background, his experience in whatever fields, you know, his personality. 
his path is not necessarily the path that's going to get you to the exact same place. And I, I think I, I, I harp on this. And again, I didn't grow up in the UK, so I have no idea about your educational system, but I, I harp on the US educational system because I don't think it fosters creative thinking. I think it fosters a learn this. Now tell me what you learned, learn this. Now tell me what you learned. And you do that for 12 years and then suddenly you're supposed to like navigate the rigors of life in an ever-changing world that's very fast paced and think for yourself you're just you're not equipped to do it you're just not and so i i mean it's a long diatribe on my part you know so i apologize for that but that that's whenever people think about that balance it's like what is happiness to you what is freedom to you there is a certain threshold where like more money is just more problems. It's not more happiness. So you like, you've got to figure out where that threshold is. And I also think you have to continue to assess because you will change over time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there's a couple of guys that I've been working with um, last eight months, what have you? And um, you know, I had to go through this process as well that, I didn't, I, I probably had a purpose for life. I think I knew what my purpose was, but I didn't have a vision. And then, then the two different things. So, you know, I've asked people this and, and, and one guy today actually quite recently says, what's the vision in life? What do you want to do? It's like, I don't know. Okay, well, that's probably why you're not getting where you want to get to because you don't know what the end goal looks like. You've got to figure out what the end goal looks like. And don't get me wrong, it changes. I've had an end goal and gone, yeah, that is exactly what I'm working for. I'd want to get to that. And then as time goes on, you realize, well, actually, I don't think that's quite what I want. Something around that is what I want, but not that. So it changes. And as you say, as you change, it can change. So I did a, an exercise, which I call a perfect day. And basically, I wrote down, what is my perfect day from start to finish? As detailed as I can. So, you know, it, it literally starts at the point that, you know, I wake up in my king size bed. You know, my, my sheets are cotton. I swing my legs out. There's a, a woolen rug. I put my toes in it I can feel the fibers between my toes I get out the sun's shining you know and it kind of goes on from there of exactly what that day looks like where it is I'm living to the fact that I don't know that my personal trainer is going to be called Adam I've got no idea but in this perfect day he's called Adam you know so Adam rolls up and you know I put my trainers on he puts his on and you know we, we go out into the, the forest that's that's um, near my house I can smell the pine cones and we go for a run we're chatting about life we come back and again, it builds and builds and builds up until the end point of when I go to bed. Don't get me wrong. The day that I've written isn't going to happen like that every single day. It's, it's just not. But it's kind of in my head. This is what I want to get to. If I could have any life, this is the kind of day that I would like to see in my life. And when I kind of like do that exercise, I revisit it every Saturday, a block an hour out. I listen to that. And this is probably the ADHD in me. I listen to the same music as I did when I wrote it. Uh, it's more tunes there's no there's no wording on it because I just need to get into that space and it keeps me grounded to that's what I'm working towards but I also give myself a break that actually the two dogs that I've got in this vision I might actually want three dogs I might not want a dog I might not want to do the job that I've written in there so it keeps changing but for you to get there you've got to understand that your mindset's got to change as well because you'd already be there if you had everything you needed to get there, you would be there already. The reason that you're not there is because you need to upgrade your mindset. You need to upgrade the skills that you've got. And I think it's meeting yourself where you're at and being kind enough to realize that you're not there yet. 
I used to have a bit of a problem when I was in um, the RAF. I was a, a combat medic and a gunner. And I was the only gunner that failed the weapon handling test three times. Couldn't understand why I failed it. Turned out that I had ADHD, which I didn't know at the time. And I kind of, and, and while I'm talking, to be fair, the point's gone completely out of my head. But I'm going to have to be kind to myself and realise that this is just where I am at the minute. And this is the person that I am. I do forget things every now and then. There is a, a point to what I want to make. I can't remember what it is. Uh, and I can't remember what it is to really finish the conversation. But I think what I'm, what I'm trying to get at is I've had to upgrade my mindset. If we'd had this conversation two years ago, this podcast, and I'd lost my train of thought like I'd done now, I'd have been kicking myself, been hard on myself. I hope no one ever sees this podcast because I've forgotten I'm wasting people's time. I've gone off on a tangent, et cetera, et cetera. But because my mindset's upgraded to know that even great people, great leaders make mistakes, you just got to go, it's okay. So there was a point that I wanted to make to this, but if I'm really honest, Jesse, it's kind of just gone, it's, it's just gone out of my mind sort of thing. But um, it's a great exercise to do uh, for those people that are listening and watching in this. Figure out that perfect day, what that looks like. And then like you say, work backwards from it. That if it's, um, I want to be a, a multimillionaire uh, with a jet and a this, that and the other, fine, great, cool. Uh, but why do you want to do that? Why, why do you want to live that kind of lifestyle? And to be fair, for some people, it's not actually really about the money in that. It's the thinking, I need the money to do the things that I want to along the way, help people, uh, put my kids through education. Most people that you speak to, the reason that they want the money is because they want to help someone else, be it kids, parents, neighbours, um, a charity or what have you. It, it is actually about the helping people. The money is just the side that you need to make all these things work. So I hope that, that makes sense where I'm going with that one. Yeah, so I, I have a couple of thoughts. First, just like the whole idea of writing everything down. There's something nice about when you force yourself to write something down, you no longer allow your brain to like scatter those thoughts and interject other things. You have to focus and distill it down to an actual constructed sentence that makes sense of this is the thing that I want. But thinking about, you know, also going through that idea of like, why do I want this? I think, you know, it makes me think about when I was uh, younger and not even that much younger. I was uh, out of college. I was working at a shoe store, a uh, running shoe store. Um, I met who is now one of my good friends and business mentors. He worked there because he'd been retired for a number of years and just needed something to do just to get him out of the house. And so he worked at the shoe store. He liked doing it. And it was just, um, you know, kind of happenstance that I would meet him. And, you know, we, so we would talk, we talk money and we talk business and we could talk all about that, all that kind of stuff because he gotten to the point. Um, he has all the money that he needs uh, for his particular lifestyle. And like I said, he just works at this shoe store cause he likes doing it. And I used to talk about like, Oh yeah, I want, I want a Ferrari and like, I'm going to have a castle. And I like a literally, I wanted to buy a castle. Not, this is not a, a joke or a metaphorical sentence. I, I literally wanted to buy a castle. Like I discussed with my friend, Kevin, I was like, Hey, we're going to buy a castle in France. And when we retire, we can go, we can go fix it up. That is a terrible idea unless you just have money to burn because that's what you're going to do. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, 
I was young enough to have the ambition to be like, these are all the things I want and I'm going to go get them, but not yet the clarity to understand that like, that's not what I was really after. You know, in yeah. some of it's just validation, just feeling like, oh, I want a castle because it would make me feel like I'm enough. You know, yeah. it's like, well, that's not even a, a conversation about money, is it? No. Right. And, and then, you know, it's like, so that's the part that you have to come back to and reevaluate as you age because you start to see these things. And if you're, if you truly are evaluating yourself and, and being honest with, uh, your thoughts and desires as you move forward. It's like, you start to see these things and you're like, that was really silly. Like why that's not what I wanted at all. Like I was just masking that thought. This is actually the thing I was after. Yeah. And it probably doesn't cost as much <laughs> as a castle does. You, you can do it for much less um, than having to go through the whole trouble of building an empire. So you can sustain uh, buying a castle in the South of France. So yeah, well, you've just said it. It's it's working backwards. So it's like right. you want to buy a castle. So my question is like, why do you want to buy the castle? Because you right. want to feel enough. Why? We want to feel enough about what exactly? And yeah. then something's going to come out. An answer's going to come out. And I think you need to explore that with yourself. I I understand you a hundred percent because um, I opened um, a business with my wife uh, well, four four years ago now. And I didn't do this kind of exercise at that point. I was just like, I got $88,000. I'm going to open a video gaming bar. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to buy loads of consoles. I'm going to buy a bar. Um, and we're going to run it. And I really wish at the time somebody had asked me, why? Why do you want to do it? Or that I had the, the knowledge, the expertise at that point to, to say to myself, well, why do you want to do that? Because if I'm really honest, I probably wouldn't have done it if I'd have gone through that, there was a reason why I wanted to open it. And, and I think if you'd have asked me then, I'd have gone, because I want lots of money. Why? Because I want to take care of my family. Why? Because they're important to me. Why? And you, and you keep kind of going until you really get to it. And, and you know, to be fair, that, that was the thing for me, because my family are really important to me, and this is what I want to do. And I think at that point, because, you know, going and opening a bar that you don't know how to run with, you know, all retro consoles and PCs that you've got to land work together and you don't know how to do that. It's very, very stressful. You know, it was, it was a very difficult thing to do. Um, and, it, and it caused a lot of stress and, you know, took a lot of mental health at the time. But again, coming back to that, if I'd have gone through, why do I want to do this? I probably would have done something completely different because it was, <clears throat> excuse me, money and the car, and the holidays and the blah 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 but actually underneath it all it was I just wanted my family to know that I loved them and I just wanted my children to have the best life experience that they possibly could so when I was no longer around anymore or when they were there with they with their children they would hopefully carry that on but because I didn't do any of that I ended up being one of those stressed out dads that didn't spend any time at home that was constantly working that would go in on his days off and I became a complete if I'm really honest a control freak if no one else could run that bar but me because I wanted to do it the way I thought it should be done and 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 kind of thing so I think it's really important to kind of stop and think and and look into it and explore it with yourself because nobody else has got the answer you know and, and I have this conversation with quite a lot of people nobody's got that answer but you yeah but that person upset me but why did they upset me because of what they did 
but why did that upset you? That's internal, that's to do with you. You need to explore that. And I think the more that you can get in tune with yourself, and it's it's a learning curve. It's never, you know, um, I'll learn this in a week and that's it. Every day is a school day. You're constantly going back and upgrading these things. And, and again, it's going to lead into something that I, that I said earlier on. When you get there, it, it, it's, it's transformational. And I can't remember who said the quote, nor can I remember exactly what the quote was, uh, sorry, what the quote is, but it's something along the lines of, um, you know, there's two important days in your life, the day that you're born, and the day that you find out why. Uh, the day that you're born is because your parents, you know, want to bring you into the world. They love each other enough to bring you into the world. But you've got a purpose and a vision for your life. And when you kind of figure that out, it's like a complete rebirth moment. So, yeah, I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw that one back out at you. But I, d I don't think the castle was a bad idea, by the way. I, and you know, if you still want the castle, by all means, go get it. I'm rooting for you. But why do you want the castle? what is it that and i'm not putting you on the spot now we're not turning the tables but that's what i encourage people to, to kind of figure out go and explore the why and you will get to the reason why you want to do it and once you've got that it's it's so powerful you, you can't fail i mean you can fail but when you've got the reason you want to do it and it's that powerful and it burns inside you you'll go and smash whatever goal it is that you want because it's just you can't see yourself not you know doing that goal what whatever it is and, and that's the thing that i'm really passionate about with myself i'm really passionate about helping other people is to to, to, to help them figure it out i can't do it for you i i can just kind of you know lead you to the water and you know show you how to drink it kind of thing yeah no you're you're perfectly fine uh making the conversation reflective on me i, I always tell everybody you're you're more than welcome to ask me questions but no i like I said, I, I don't think at this point that I, you know, am interested in buying a castle. Um, you know, when I talk to my friend Kevin about it and I say, hey, let's go buy a, a castle in the south of France and renovate it. Now, I should give a little context in that I'm in e-commerce and my friend Kevin uh, is in home renovation. So he's got 50 or 60 homes now. Um, and him and his family, his father's been renovating homes for 40 years. So they have the experience in actually tearing apart uh, an old structure and making it something. So when I talk about that now, whereas when I was younger talking to my, my mentor about it, it was about self-validation and, you know, feeling like I'm enough and all those kind of feelings that, you know, young people have and, and old people, but you know, especially young people who are just getting out of the world and trying to prove themselves. When I have that conversation now, with my friend Kevin, more so it's about um, hanging out with my buddy and us doing something together and having a good time. It's not about let's go be feudal lords in France. It's, it's just like, hey, let's go like, let's do something because we love the challenge. We both met in triathlon in this group trying to become professionals and you know hit it off because we're both entrepreneurs both in triathlon and all these kind of things so it, it, that is now more about getting to spend time with him because we he, he lives in a different city from me so i don't get to see him that often um but we we talk you know pretty frequently um so that's again it's like a similar vision in that we're still talking about a castle but the entire <laughs> purpose behind it is his completely shifted. The foundation is set on something completely different now. Um, 
and so that's it. It's it's really just taking that kind of silly idea and placing it on something a little more meaningful. In that, you know, I want to get to a, a point in life where I can spend more time, hang out with him, enjoying ourselves, basically. Sure. What would you do with all that time that you got? If you get to this stage, what were you going to do with it? <laughs> I'm working on that right now, actually. <laughs> um, I had a, uh, a dream when I was younger. Uh, when I started college, so I, as I mentioned on the show before, I think, I don't remember was while we were recording before I got, we got going, but uh, my undergrad degree, uh, one of the majors in psychology, I also majored in math uh, because I like challenges. And I originally started as a music composition major. I wanted to score films, um, but I gave that up after I basically have a music minor. I took enough courses that I, you know, aside from one music history course, I fulfilled all the other requirements, but I gave that up cause I was like, there's never, there's no way I'm going to make a living, you know, writing music. I'm just too far behind, which was a ridiculous thought. I wish somebody would have told me that at the time. Um, so my long-term goal, at least for now, and it may change, um, is to get to the point where I can write music for media projects, whether it's video games, films, documentaries, um, and get to the point where I can work on projects that I enjoy working on, and I don't have to do it for a living, but I have a suspicion that if I can get to that point, I will probably be able to make a living from it because I don't need to. You know what I mean? You know how yeah. that happens, how that kind of works together where it's like, once you get past the point of the pressure of this has to happen and you're just like, you let things be, but you continue yeah. moving forward, usually things kind of start coming together and you get farther than you thought you would have. And that's something yeah. that I've only kind of learned with time and experience basically. So that sounds good. Let me know when that happens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. I mean, you can pay. I've got, I've got another YouTube channel uh, where I publish original, original songs. I'm still working. I've only, I only started at this. Basically COVID gave, gave me the opportunity. I, I, I try to look at difficult situations and say, what's the opportunity in this? And uh, so at the beginning of COVID, uh, I basically said, well, I'd been saying for nearly 10 years now, one day, one day, one day I'll start writing music. And here we found ourselves all trapped at home. And I said, it looks like today's the day and finally got around to it. So, um, yeah, well, we'll see what happens, but that's, that's what I'm working on now. So if I do get the time, that's kind of the long-term goal. But again, it could change if this, if Sopri, the whole company with this podcast gets bigger and I continue to enjoy running it, then maybe I just do that forever. You know, it, I'm open to the possibilities of life because I there's a lot of things that could happen that you don't even have an idea that could happen. I, I two two years ago I didn't know I'd be sitting here having this conversation with you, you know, definitely not five years ago. <laughs> so I think you got to be open to the possibility of life sometimes. I think you do. I, th I think it's it's worthwhile having that end vision of where you want to go. But like we you know covered earlier on. It is exactly what you just said. Being open to the possibilities and realizing that, you know, it's like um, th there's a, a picture I've seen. Um, you know, it's probably been all over Facebook in various different forms, and it's, it's an iceberg. And it's got the top of the iceberg and it says success, and then the bottom where it's got 
everything going on underneath that you don't see happen. And there's another one that I've seen, which has got, um, uh, it, it's um, something like failure to success, and it's one line across. And then it, it's like expectation, failure to success, and then underneath it says reality. And it's not a straight line. It, it, it goes everywhere, or whatever, and then gets where it needs to go to. And it's, it's kind of like realising that, that life's a little bit like that. Things change. I mean, like, you know, when I was a kid, people said to me, you know, what do you want to be? And I was like, you know, the very first thing, I want to be a binman. And I was dead set, I want to be a binman. I want empty bins because the binmen just look cool, you know, when I was four or five. They, they look great in those orange fluorescent jackets and this, that, and the other, and holding on to the side of the bin lorry. They looked amazing. I wanted to do that. So, you know, later on, it was like, what do you want to do? I want to be an astronaut. Oh, okay, maybe that's a little bit out of reach. Well, actually, who's to tell me it's out of my reach? The only person that's going to tell me that is me. If I want to be an astronaut, I'll be an astronaut. Then it was a fighter pilot. Then it was, I want to work for LucasArts and make uh, Star Wars games. Then I, I wanted this and I wanted that. And it, and it changed. And that's okay. But as a, coming back again, previous what we were saying, as a kid, that's fine. As an adult, you know, there comes that pressure of, we've got to get a real job. You know, uh, uh, and uh, I know we've gone off on one again, but um, there was something that Heath Ledger said, um, Heath Ledger said b before he died. And it was, um, why do people always ask if you're married, if you've got kids, when you're going to this, when you're going to that? Why can't people just ask you if you're happy? You know, so be happy, have a vision, strive for that goal and understand in yourself, be okay with yourself that that could that could change. I, I didn't become an astronaut. I didn't become an RAF fighter pilot either, but I did join the RAF. I didn't become a binman. I could bins out of work. Maybe that's the same sort of thing. I didn't work for LucasArts, but I did go to go 501st, and I did beta test a couple of games for LucasArts. So I kind of did those things. You know, I, I did some of them, but the goal changed of what I wanted to do. I've got a, a very kind of clear um, vision of, of helping people. That's, that's, that's my life's kind of like purpose at the minute. I just want to, I just want to help people. I want to help people that have been where I've been and help them realise that there's another way and that they can absolutely get out of that. But along the journey, that specific thing of helping people could become helping animals. You know, one of the things I really want to do, and it's one of those when I've made it moments, whatever you class as when you've made it, is I really want to go out to one of the dirtiest oceans in the world, you need to figure out which one that is, and I literally want to go out and clean it. Because, you know, for me, it's one of those things of looking after people. Maybe looking after people is taking crap out of the ocean so that, you know, the animals that are dying, getting uh, extinct, are still there for, for the later generation. It's the same thing. I want to help people. But the spikes of it have just changed. I really resonate with your professional uh, triathlete. I got to triathlon uh, maybe about six years ago now. Um, and there came a point where I went recently, actually, I want to be a professional triathlete. That's what I want to do. I'm just touching 38. And I'm like, oh, I can't be a professional triathlete at 38. I just can't. Because the triathletes I see are the Brownlee brothers, uh, which are our uh, UK team, the Olympiad team. I'm too old to do that. Well, let's be realistic. I am too old to do that. But am I too old to be a professional Ironman? Well, no, of course I'm not. Because some of the people that are coming into this are coming in at a later stage. Ali Brownlee, uh, I'm not going to profess I know how old he is because I really can't remember, but I think he's late 20, early 30s. He's at the end of his career now, but he's moved on to Ironman and he's absolutely, you know, just tearing up the field with it. So he can become a professional uh, Ironman. I think, and I know I've got a tendency to just 
my brain does this and what have you. But again, I think you just, you're limited by your own belief system, shall we say. It, it's totally your own belief system. And if your own belief system is, is, is negative or what have you, it's looking at why is that and changing what's going on around you to upgrade that belief system. And if you can't upgrade that belief system, and this is me as a plea out to, to your listeners and watchers, reach out to me. I'll help you upgrade that belief system because I had somebody that did that for me. And I'm so glad that I did because without that, I would, I, there would be no way we'd be talking on this podcast. We're talking, I'm having a great time talking to you, by the way, but I'm a little bit like a swan. On the top, I probably look like I know what I'm doing and I've got it together. And underneath, my feet are tapping the floor because I'm really nervous. I don't know who's going to see this. And I'm like, am I saying the right thing? Am I talking too fast? I keep going off on tangents all over the place. Is Jesse going to ask me the right questions? But again, it's okay. It's all right. Be kind to myself where I am and we'll go from there. And if you don't ask me all the questions because I'm waffling on, I'm sure you'll invite me back maybe in a couple of months' time, couple of years' time, and we'll have another conversation. You know, do you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, I think I think about goals and dreams and stuff. And this is maybe this is the, the jaded part of me. I, you know, I think especially when we're talking about athletic athletic dreams, um, because I've been there, and but me and my friend Kevin, we both ended up kind of in similar places where he actually wanted to play pro soccer or pro football if you're, uh, you know, UK listener. And he played in kind of one of our minor leagues here in the U.S. and just wasn't quite good enough or at least maybe not patient enough to wait to get into to our major league system because he had friends who he played with that stayed in and then a couple of years later did make it up. So then he you know, moved on to triathlon. We both came very, very close to qualifying for our professional licenses and they're, the qualifying standards are different depending on what country you're in, um, but there's multiple ways to do it here. Largely, it's, you know, if you finish in the top three at a major race as an amateur, it's, that's probably going to be a situation where you've qualified. Um, so, you know, there's – I struggle with the reality of, you know, there is a genetic – potential component. Now I can't speak to your genetic potential. I have no idea. So I think it's, I think it's, it would be poor form of me to try to rain on your or anybody else's parade because I definitely had people on that have said, I never tried to try. I never done a triathlon before. And then in like three, four years, they're pros. And I shake my fist at them in frustration a little bit at my own limitations, but it's like, I, I struggle with trying to, have that completely like I'll say pie in the sky kind of ambition and then also knowing like I have no idea how far I can get and, and, and balancing that you know balancing the doubts against the hope and knowing that you know I may or may not make it but the, what I the conclusion I guess I came to along my journey because I knew from the outset that it would be difficult for me um, to make it was that it, it doesn't really matter. You know, I, I moved in a direction and if you have a goal, that's something you really want to do move in that direction. There may eventually be a thing that blocks your path permanently, but because you moved in that direction, because you took decided action towards that thing over a period of time, 
you're probably going to end up in a more interesting place that maybe you didn't even imagine of when you started than if you hadn't tried at all. Yeah. So yeah. that's part, that's part of the trick that I have. By, I, I just, I have the toughest time getting wrapping my head around. I, 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 I just trust in the process is the basics of it. I try to just let it go and just do it. But you know, that's, I struggle with all that. Cause I, I, I've been through it. You know, I'm here now talking to you running this company, which wouldn't have got started had I not started that journey. Um, you know, met, you know, my, like I mentioned, my friend, Kevin would never would have met him. Um, he's been a really great friend, uh, which is hard to find as an adult. So, you know, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Uh, you know, dealing with the, the balance of doubt and hope and trying to continue forward with dreams. I think the doubt and the hope thing, I think is a little bit of, and I can't remember exactly how people word this, but it's your brain trying to protect itself, you know, with that, I can't do it mentality. Um, it's easier. I'm trying to think, because I've had this conversation recently with somebody who was explaining it to me. They were saying that it's easy for your brain to protect itself uh, by, it's like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm scared of heights. Um, it's not the height that I'm frightened of. It's falling and dying that I'm frightened of. I'm not frightened of the height, but my brain is like trying to like make logical sense of the situation going, whoa, we don't want to go over there because if we go over there, um, we're going to fall and we're going to die. So it's not the height that I've got a problem with. It's what would happen if I stepped off the edge, you know, kind of thing. It's, there's, um, again, I don't know who said it. I don't know who said it, but I've seen it recently. I've seen it all over Facebook, the quote of, but, but what if I fail? But what if you succeed? You know, and I think because your brain's trying to protect itself, you get to a point of going, you stop daring to dream. But, and I don't know where this comes into it. I'm kind of just saying what comes into my, my mind at the minute of how I see it. When, again, when you're a child, you're a bit like a sponge and there is kind of no fear. Fear's learned sort of thing. So you're prepared to like try anything. Yet when you're an adult, and it's probably the conditioning a little bit of your parents sort of thing. You know, um, I can't remember what movie I was watching. I really can't remember what, what film it was. I tend to remember things, but not all the important bits I need to remember. But I remember watching this film and this woman had a child. She was shy. The child wasn't. That The child was waving to um, the guy who was next door. But over time, the child became um, shy and nervous because the mum kept pulling her away and conditioning her to be um, shy. And I'm not saying that was wrong at, at all. It was just, it was her limiting beliefs going to the, the child if, if that makes sense i think there's a thing here of shooting for the moon and ending up somewhere amongst the stars if you aim for th this particular goal like you've said you, know, you talked about professional triathlon you've talked about um, the castle that you want to buy and at the minute i don't see a castle um, and i don't think you're a professional triathlete unless i'm wrong but you've shot up for there but other things have have kind of happened your self-limiting beliefs is just your brain, I think, just trying to protect itself. And I think you have to come to a point where you really decide when you, whether you want to challenge that or not. And it, it's, challenging your, it's challenging yourself. So, you know, um, again, with me saying the same thing, I, oh, I don't think I can be a professional triathlete because I'm, 
you know, I'm almost 38, so my time is done. It, it, it you know, it, it's over. It, it's not. I think you can do anything that you want to do in life. Whatever limitations you've got, I think you can get over them. Now, I know there's going to be some comeback there. I'm expecting comments on this if it's going on YouTube. People saying, well, what happens if, if this and what happens if that? Well, it's like, I'm still going to go with triathlon here. It's like being a triathlete and you have an accident and you lose your leg. So I can't be a professional triathlete anymore. Okay, well, what about um, a paratriathlete? What about that? Because you can still do that, even though you've, you've lost your leg. What about you could be a coach? You could coach somebody. You can still take part in triathlon. You're just doing it in a, in a different way. I think we get, I don't know whether this is a really answering question. I think we really get um, transfixed on the one thing that we're going for. And if it looks like it isn't going to happen, we have a wobble and we don't want to do it anymore. And that's when you, your brain's kicking in, going right. I'm going to protect you. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to help you out here by stopping you going for that because it's just never going to happen. So you then go off into something else and something else and something else, and then before you know it, you know you, you you're lying in your bed at whatever age it is that you know he comes to get you kind of thing, if you believe in religion or not, and going, oh, I regretted this, I regretted that, I regretted the other. Um, and I don't think you mentioned um, something about schooling earlier on the schooling system. Um, you know, this is just me because I, I just say what's in what's in my brain at the time. Is I have to be kind of careful here because I, I I did um, uh, my wife that, that I married. I did, I did marry a teacher, <laughs> so I care what I say about the education. But our education system's different to yours. Now you understand that, so I'm only going to speak for the English one. I think the education system is wrong. You know, I think we do need to learn things, maths, English and science and that. But I, I can't ever tell you when I've used Pythagoras theorem. I can't tell you when I've had to read the periodic table at work. And I understand if you become a mathematician and if you become a scientist, you need those things. Totally get it. But what about teaching kids mindfulness? What about teaching kids how to manage money? What about teaching kids um, how to manage a business? What about teaching them social media marketing and that? Because, uh, Jesse, I'm sure when we were kids things like social media manager wasn't around. There wasn't that kind of job, but there is now, and we haven't graded this. So I think it, it lends into, again, the, the brain fooling you into you can't doing stuff because you haven't, the information's out there if you know how to access it. But especially if you're a kid, well, to be fair, you know, I'm sure kids these days can work my iPhone and my iPad better than I can work it. But if you don't know where to get the information from, you're going to believe that you can't do it. You're going to believe that you're stupid. You're going to believe the conditioning that's out there. Um, again, I'm not sure whether that really, really answered that. I just kind of, it's whatever comes into my, my mind of how, how I want to answer that question. And I think that fully comes to being ADHD. So I'm just going to, I'm going to answer, finish that question there that you asked of saying some of your listeners are going to be ADHD or what have you. And, you know, I'm hoping that listening to me talk and the fact that I'm going all over the place, but trying to give value just gives that person that's got ADHD a belief to know that, that you can do this. Because again, I wouldn't have got on a podcast with you and spoke to you about this because my limiting beliefs are, or were, I can't remember things. I can't pronounce things very well. I've got ADHD. I've been told I'm stupid all of my life and maybe I am stupid, but actually I'm not, I'm definitely not stupid. I do forget things and such, but I'm not stupid. It's just, that's how my brain works at the end of the day. And everybody's brain works in a different way. So you know what, you just gotta, you gotta take a leap of faith, you know? 
you know what? So I got the few few points to try to speak to. Um, thinking about like, you know, if I were to change something in the schooling system, I was actually fortunate to receive this kind of um, instruction uh, as part of a group, uh, experimental group, kind of. Um, we were, yeah, we were experimenting on it in a way. They were trying out new curriculum with us. And, but I mean, we worked on, um, we worked on creative thinking, you know, I think, and I went to liberal arts college too. So that, that fosters that kind of like interdisciplinary, like how to think idea rather than just like, this is the thing you need to know. You know, I, I think there is value in teaching kids math, even if they're not going to use it because you're one, you're learning how to learn, learning how to study, you're learning logical systems. There's, there's value in a lot of these different disciplines. And especially at that age, it's like, you don't necessarily know what you're into unless you've done it before. Like, I think, I think it's good for all of us to practice this, but especially growing up, it's just to say yes to things. Yes, I'll try that. Yes, yes, I'll try that. And even if you like thinking about food in particular, even if you didn't like it before, you know, anytime I speak to registered dietitians on the show, they're like, yeah, you probably need to try a food like five, six, seven times, like literally not, not an exaggeration before you can say definitively, I do yeah. not like that thing. Um, so I think about, you know, creative thinking as if we taught that, then like the ability for people to adapt would be so much greater because I feel like we end up with, with people that kind of have this learned helplessness. Like I wasn't given the answer, so I don't know what to do. I'll just sit here and wait for the answer to show up. It's like, well, no, like you have full capabilities to go find that answer and, and to move yourself forward. But because they've been conditioned in some ways, again, yeah. I like to pick on the education system, but that's <laughs> part, that's part of growing up, it, you know, it, to not do anything and to wait for the answer, then, you know, what do you do from there? And there are plenty of valiant teachers doing their damnedest to, to educate, actually educate um, kids. You know, I, I'm, I, I live in a family of educators. My father was an educator. Both of my sisters are educators. So I'm surrounded. Uh, so, you know, I, I know it at least, and maybe this is my own bias from my father's bias, but it's not, I don't think it's the educators that are just the problem. It's the bureaucracy of trying to manage where you, everything gets, you know, distilled down into, we don't have time for creative thinking. Like we just got to learn these things and pass these tests and move people on. But to another point you had mentioned about failing, um, anytime that comes up, I like to mention like often, even if you try to go after whatever, whatever it is, buying a castle, becoming a professional athlete, being an astronaut, being a fighter pilot. Even if you fail, like most likely the consequences of failing are not as bad as you think they are. Your, like you said, it's your brain trying to protect you from whatever you think it is. Now there obviously are situations that have very negative consequences for failing. If you are a fighter pilot and you're trying to do a maneuver and it makes your plane die and you can't get the engine started again you crash that has very negative consequences yeah but just try to get into that <laughs> that jet 
in not making it, the negative consequences of that are really probably not that bad. They may be devastating at the time, but your life will still continue and you still have all the things to do. You know, I, <laughs> this is, a, this is another diatribe. So I, I think our brains kind of works similarly, but lately I've been waking up with the Lion King soundtrack in my head. So I've been listening, <laughs> so I've been listening um, to the Lion King soundtrack and, uh, you know, in the circle of life, it, I'm trying to remember the lyrics. I should know them, but because we're talking, I, they're not going to come to me just exactly right. But there's something about from the, from the moment that we uh, wake up and, and become aware of the world, there's more things in the Maybe world that can ever be done. This planet. I think that's Maybe that's it. But the 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 Lion the, King's my favorite film. I, I can put it on <laughs> and probably repeat it word for word. Well it's like so it's but the song it's like there's just like there's more things to see and more things to do than we can ever do on yeah. the planet. So it's yeah. like even if you failed at that thing that you thought was the thing <clears throat> that you wanted to do, there's probably something else out there that yeah. is going to capture your imagination and your attention just as much as that other thing did, if you can find it. And that's where that coming yeah. in and saying, yes, I'll try that. Yes. I'll try that. Like comes in for, at least for me. Yeah. I think some people do the whole, I'm not good at anything. Uh, you know, I've said this to people, you've just not tried enough stuff then. You've not tried enough things. Oh no, but it takes days, years, whatever. It, it's like, I get that, but you're gonna you're gonna learn some skills along the way. But you've just not tried enough things. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to another thing that you said because I realised that I probably actually quite sounded a little negative about um, the education system. And I'm like I'm all for it, and, and you did say something there that got my mind thinking to to agree with you and say yeah, the teachers are doing their best. Having been married to one, you know, and seen her <clears throat> excuse me try to to make the education system a little better. I'm all for what the teachers do there. Again, I don't know what the system's like over there, but over here, it's almost like you go in and you like it's robotically go through the system and then come out. But there are teachers out there that do take kids on um, farm visits and this, that, and the other, um, you know, and show them a different, a different way of life. I, I think the institution of education around the world, well, must, I'll take that back of England and maybe a little bit of the USA of what I know. I don't know education systems very well for other, other places, but I, I think they need to look at it a bit more. So like, um, I remember once my wife coming home, and um, I'll use Walmart for the example, because everybody knows what Walmart is. Um, and I remember her saying to me, I, I took a class today um, and I asked um, the kids where the carrots come from. And a kid put his hand up. Um, and I was like, yeah, yeah, where do carrots come from? And he said, Walmart. And she was like, wow, you know, they, they come from the soil, not, not Walmart, you know, kind of thing. And I, I don't know why he thought that they came from Walmart. I don't know. But she was then trying to you know, educate where they actually came from. So there are teachers out there that, that do try and do this and do the best that they can with what they've got. I, I think... Um, I'm not a politician, you know, and I don't want to get into the politics kind of thing, and it, and it, it is difficult, but I think more needs to be done around um, the world, but there are some incredible places that do have a, a great system where they teach kids a little bit differently, but I think kids, we're not what we were 30 years ago, 40 years ago, we're, we're different, we've got different needs, you know, the, the 
national service doesn't exist here in the UK, I don't know about America or what have you, there are different things that kids are today going through that they weren't going through 30, 40 years ago. The system's got to change at the end of the day. So fair play to your family and, and what it is that they do, and fair play to the teachers around the world and what it is um, that they do. There was another point that you made, um, not about education, and I can't remember what you, were, what you made. Um, I think I got distracted by the Lion King because uh, <laughs> I do quite like the Lion King. I've got a little bit of a soft spot for the, for the Lion King. I, I did enjoy that as a kid. Um, but yeah, you, you, you do need to try a few things to figure out what it is that you're, that you're good at. And I think going to school is a little bit like um, learning to drive a car. So I learned to drive uh, my car probably past uh, about five years ago, maybe it was a bit late to, to the party for that one. And um, my driving instructor said to me, I'm just going to teach you to get on the road. You're going to learn how to drive the car when you drive it for yourself. And I remember how, you know, how true that actually is. He, he taught me how to safely drive the car on the road. Um, but, you know, from how I was driving five years ago, uh, you know, to driving a little bit like driving this Daisy, to be driving a little bit like Fast and Furious right now, you know, I, 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 I drive a, a Vauxhall Astra, which I think is an Opel, uh, for you guys in America, but you'd think I was driving a Mustang because I'm very confident in how I drive my car. Stick to all my speed limits and everything like that, but I'm very confident in what the car can do, how I can manoeuvre it, where I can get it to. I don't always need my parking sensors. I know what I'm doing. Um, you know, and I think school's a little bit like that, but I think there's a, a bit that's missing because you learn to drive your car at school, you come out, um, and sorry, they teach you safely to get on the road at school and then you come out and got to learn to drive the car. But I think there's a little bit of a gap that's missing to get you to get you ready for that. And I think if that if um, that could be changed now for kids coming out of school, I think you'd have a whole different um, a different generation of kids because it's and I can never remember which way round it is, but I know you've got Generation X and Z and et cetera, et cetera. I think we're I think we're Gen, Gen Z. Um, but the newer generation um, of what I can't remember that is right now, they were born with a mobile phone in their hand. We weren't, you know, we were born with, with SNES, Atari, you know, the other kind of games consoles, you know, you blow it off and put it in to, you know, make sure it works or what have you. Kids these days were born, you know, on WhatsApp or, or what have you. And I, and I, and I think, and I know again, we've, we've gone off on something different, <clears throat> but there seems to be a little bit of a, um, if discourse is the right word I want to use, um, a bit of a connection so my son's 18 now and to connect to him it was almost like I needed to open my computer and log on to my game to talk to him do you know what I mean because he didn't want to do the things that I wanted to do I didn't want to do the things that he wanted to do there was a complete mismatch because I am a gamer or used to be a gamer it used to be quite interesting appearance even because you know you get these um you get parents talking about oh, I can't get my kid off the computer blah 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 because I was a gamer, I was very, yeah, but if you just game with them a little bit, you'll bond with them and you'll, you get to see a little bit of their world. They will love to show you their world. All they hear is that you're nagging because I've been there. I've been the kid that got nagged at for playing the computer. And then I've been the parent that nagged at the kid for playing the computer, even though I grew up like that. And I had to kind of, you know, best as I could sw switch it around. But if you immerse yourself into their world a little bit, you might find that, and I'm, not, and I'm not going bad parenting on here by any stretch of the imagination, I'm just saying, if you find out a little bit what, what they're into, they might be a little bit more inclined to um, 
listen to you maybe and, and, and see what, what you're about. But because of that, that break, it, it's really quite hard. Um, it's for you guys in America, I don't think we do it here yet that I've seen. There are esports scholarships. It's like, what was that? What's an esports scholarship? It's really hard for a kid to explain that. And I know we were supposed to be talking about mental health or whatever, and I've gone off again and whatever you, but it's really hard for a kid to explain to their parents, I want to be um, an esports star. What's that? What does that mean? Do you know what I mean? And, and yeah, I just think the system just needs to change a little bit just to include things that are relevant now, like being an esports star, because it is a real job. They're athletes at the end of the day. They might not be athletes like you and I in, you know, um, using our legs so much, but they are still athletes up here in the mindset that, that they use. But there seems to be that kind of break as society doesn't really understand what that is. So I think if you went back to the education system and started tweaking this slightly, then you'd have kids come out with probably a better mindset than maybe you and I have got right now and will just do incredible things. The thing that's happened with, with again, I don't particularly want to go there, but the thing that's happened with COVID at the minute, it's awful, but it's created opportunities and it's really shifted the way that the world works. I remote work now at the end of the day, not sure about yourself, but most people do remote work and work from home or they work different hours or what have you. It's a complete new world out there. And, it, and, it's, and it's, it's a bit scary, but it's also a little bit exciting uh, at, at the same time. So I think there's a lot for the world to learn. Uh, and I think there's a lot for the world to learn with, with mental health and that as well, because I think the mental health has been around a, a while. I think this year, uh, well, sorry, last year now, 2020, has been a bit of an explosion of how do we help people um, with, with mental health? Because I think the world just got a complete crash course in it very, very quickly that it wasn't expecting to get, if that makes sense. So I think now is an opportunity of growth. Um, uh, sorry, a time of growth and a, and a time of, um, of new opportunities, to be honest. Yeah, I, I actually have been fortunate enough to be, I'll say work from home basically since the beginning of doing all the things that I do entrepreneurially. So I, I've been work at home for I have to think about this, whether it's six or seven years now. So as, and I've kind of seen this coming, um, again, going back to the four hour work week and the ideas that Tim Ferriss talked about, I was like, this is where we're moving. And it's consequently, I think part of the reason that uh, housing is getting more expensive in my city uh, because I live in the Midwest. So it's cheaper than living on the coast. And then people have left the coast now that they can remote work and there's all these consequences, but um, anyway, so I've gotten to welcome everybody into my world <laughs> and work from home. And, and a lot of people now, they previously would say, I don't know how you do it. And now they'll say, I don't know how I can go back. So yeah. it's, it's kind of been nice to, to have people have that realization that you can work from home, most likely get more done than you would in the workplace. You do miss out on some of that workplace camaraderie. And that's something that's not easily replaced, but yeah. you know, we're, we're all adjusting and trying to figure it out. But um, anyway, Connick, so Absolutely. as we're, we're winding down on time here, um, I have a question each season. I have a singular question. I ask every single guest um, mm -hmm. this year's question seems like it will be pretty well right up your alley. Um, <laughs> so I'm asking everybody this year, how do you stay motivated after failing to achieve a goal? I think uh, for me, I look at 
at why I didn't achieve that goal. I didn't used to. I just used to kind of like move on, sulk, take it out on everybody. But the one thing I didn't do was look, look within. So, I mean, you know, we're quite new into this year. So uh, I was going to say there's nothing that I failed at recently, but actually there is. Um, I made myself a set of goals for 2021, um, you know, all the way to um, financial independence by the end of the year. Um, and as little as I want to read a book uh, a week. You can see here, I've got, you know, quite a few books to read or what have you. And I was very right. I want to read one book um, a week. Um, and we are on whatever date we're on that I can't remember now. Um, but we're like three weeks into January and I've read one. I haven't read the other one. So I'm a little bit, you know, kicking myself. I, I haven't, I haven't managed to achieve that goal yet. But Previously, I'd probably, again, as I've said, running themes throughout this, uh, kick myself for not achieving that goal. But it's about looking at it again and going, is the goal, is it realistic and is it achievable? Um, and if it is still achievable, if I do still want to get there, how can I tweak that slightly so that it doesn't demotivate me for me to still get to that goal? So I've kind of decided, okay, I'm, I'm not going to read a book a week because it's, it's, I've got a lot of things on and it's not going to happen. But I could read a book a month. And I think you just have to just keep looking at looking at that goal and, and just assess where you are. The, the best thing that I found um, is, is um, slightly off topic, but is, is practicing gratitude. Uh, I've got a gratitude um, journal up there and I write three things down a day that I'm grateful for. And if that's getting out of bed on time, drinking three litres of water and going for a walk, why not be grateful for that? You don't have to be grateful for, you know, um, Oh gosh, I'm trying to think something, something, something massive. You know, we have this thing that we've got to achieve a massive goal. For example, buying a house. You know, I will be grateful when I've brought the house. But could you not? Could you not just be grateful that you put ten dollars into your savings account this month to get to that end goal? So for me to be motivated, it's uh, if if I fail the goal, break it back down and look at could I achieve the goal? And if I can't achieve the goal, give myself you know, a really good pat on the back that I gave it a go and then look at what else is out there and do that. Because again, as we've said earlier on, it just might, just might be that I was not suited to that and that I might have had to, I don't like using the word, but I might have had to fail at that to propel me onto something else um, that I needed to do. Don't be so hard on yourself. Life changes all the time. And, um, you know, there was, a, there was a, an image that I saw, but it ended, ended on this, or I'll just keep talking. There was an image I saw on Facebook uh, of a father kneeling down, and the, the daughter's got a, a bear. She's quite a small bear, and she's saying, but Daddy, I love this bear. And, and he's going, trust me, and give it to me. I've got something better for you. And behind his back is this huge bear. You know, but she doesn't know that. She can't see it. He can, but she can't. He's got something better for it if he just trusts her. So just trust in the process. Realise that you're exactly where you need to be. And it might be that this goal hasn't worked out, but it is putting you on a path for something so much better as long as you can keep that mindset going and, and you know, just go along for the ride because you're going to have a fantastic journey while you get there. Just believe in yourself a little bit more. So I appreciate that was probably a little bit long-winded, but uh, yeah, that's what I've got for you on that one. No, it's good. That's, like I say, it's, I try to have, ask a question that kind of spans disciplines and, and, and jobs and, careers and all those kind of things. So no, perfectly, perfectly good answer for sure. Um, Connick, if people want to get in touch with you, follow you, see what you're up to, any of that kind of stuff, where can they do that? 
best way to get me at the moment because I'm trying to figure out my links are uh, Facebook. So uh, I'm sure in here everybody can see the spelling of my name. So if you see the spelling of my name, just type that in. You'll never see another Conic McFarlane Hunt on Facebook. <laughs> but, you know, feel free to reach out to me. My wall is unlocked so you can read about me and find out what I'm about before. Um, but yeah, just, just get in contact. Um, but if I'm not friends with you on Facebook and you do send me a message because people do, just bear in mind it goes into my requested folder. So I'm not mm. ignoring you. It might just take me a minute to realise that it's in there. But yeah, please, absolutely, reach out to me on Facebook. I'd love to talk. Sounds good. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Mate, thanks for having me. I've uh, really, really enjoyed it. Uh, I hope we get to do it again one day. Absolutely.